Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is a bonus episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Now, as ever, let's begin by banging these bongos. Yeah, right. Crazy. Hello, hello, and welcome to bonus episode number 24 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you've listened to our most current episode, which is 207, you'll know that the guest on that episode was Opaque, a.k.a. Ed Worley. Now, I know that Ed was showing at the Qantas Gallery at the time of recording, and at that point, I hadn't yet visited the gallery. I did go down there on two occasions... One, it was closed, and the other, they, <laughs> the other, they was actually taking down a show that I wanted to go and see. And all I knew about the gallery was that it was a new, fairly large commercial gallery. And during that conversation, Ed told me about the ethos behind the gallery and its owner, James Ryan, which really did grab me interest. So I contacted the gallery, asked if James fancied guesting on an episode, and, well, here we are. So please, come with me. As I spoke to James Ryan in the Qantas Gallery. I have seven questions that I ask each guest. Okay. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that wouldn't know you? Love it. Uh, so, I, I'm James Ryan. I have always been in business since the age of about 20, 21, run my own companies. Um, had failures along the way, uh, as we all do. And it was those failures that gave me the biggest learning curve, started um, out purely by chance in the the art world. And for me, I wanted to have something that I was A, proud of, could make a difference to my life initially, but also collaborate with the talent. So I don't view myself as the talent. I view the artist as those that have a story and then it's down to me with my sort of sales and marketing head to create the right angles to give that story a bit of, uh, best word I would use is like 
amplify that story. So um, gallery owners, what you would put me down as, but I would say more creative and actually taking relatively unknown artists right the way through to, you know, eventually hopefully being household names. And in the process, we give, you know, them that, that story, we collaborate with charities, we do a lot of good in and around the local communities, and you just, just get that feel-good factor, hopefully, um, you know, when you're in one of the galleries and you, know, you, you collaborate with us. So, yeah, I would I would probably... I don't know if I've given you... Um, well, the gallery you're talking about is yeah, Qantas. Qantas Gallery, which is where we are now, yeah. Which is in Fashion Street, just off Brick Lane. Yes. It's a very new gallery. Yeah. And you said that your area initially was in sales. Yeah. How long before you entered the art world? God, How uh, long ago was that? So, so I basically left school, started working in a bank, got really bored, sort of like after 18 months or so, and then became holiday rep, club rep. So I did all that sort of stuff. So I did uh, Spain, Turkey, Cavos, nice. you yeah. know, lived a bit. Um, I, people say, oh, is that where you got culture? Definitely not. But I just learned how to sort of talk, communicate to people right the way through and how to how to sell. So my, my job was basically to look after people but get them to go on excursions, have a good time, sell them trips. And that would be anywhere, anything from a, a young lad or a group of girls that were on their very first holiday together right the way through to, you know, people that are in their retirement age that wanted to, you know, have, have look around museums. So that was that was basically my job. And that, that was when I was about 18 and that took me through to around 20. And then I started property company. Um, really, really... Over here? Uh, over here, yeah. Started a pre- I've missed something out, actually. I, I, I did that. And then I, I went to South Africa for a while. And I ended up working... Uh, I was bro- basically brokering mining equipment. You know, and I don't know how I stumbled across that. But I, I, I got with a girl whose family were very rich, you know, over in um, Africa and Botswana. And it just showed me a different life totally different life you know, the wealth side of things but I could still talk to those people so after I split with her came back to the UK and I started a property company uh, which I literally ran into the ground it was it was disastrous I didn't know what I was doing but what I did was I, I, I used all of my sort of sales skills uh, sorry I didn't I didn't use my sales skills I literally put my feet up and thought it would just, just come to me and the people that I had just weren't the right people um and yeah, the company lasted about six or seven months. Was that? Do you think that was the ego of being boss? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, you know, it was my fir- it was my first company, and I, I, I just literally thought, you know, everything I would touch would turn to gold. It would just it would just happen. For it's me. good that you had that smack on the arse early oh, on. Quick, it? yeah. I got I got hit on the chin, you know, very very quickly. Ran out of money, pawned everything. Um, and then started working again for a and, property business. And where was, I know this is jumping back a bit, but just yeah. to give a little bit of a background, where was life growing up as a child? So, uh, okay, so mum and dad split up very early. Um, I, I've, I've travelled a lot, you know, so so I, I don't have a great relationship with my mum, I've spoken to her for quite a long time, but... She remarried and she got with a guy in the army. So we were, I was carted off to Cyprus for a while, um, Scotland, Gloucestershire. So I was always in and out of different, different schools. Which is great if you want to go to them places, but if you've been dragged no, along, yeah, I've been dragged, it's not fun. Dragged, dragged yeah. along, definitely not fun. Um, but it, again, I, I learned to be quite tough and resilient from an early age. Um, so whether it's work, you know, getting to school on my own, just fending for myself. 
um, and I've, I've it's, it's shaped me in my life. So uh, my family are like originally East London. Um, my mum's uh, Walthamstow actually. Um, my dad Cambridgeshire, so it's different. But my mum's side is like East. Um, my mum was adopted, so it, it was a very disorganised setup. Um, and then once once I came back from Cyprus, ended up going to a boarding school, and the boarding school taught me a, a hell of a lot. The, the boarding school was paid for by the army, and I, I had a sports scholarship, so I was pretty good at sports. Um, football was my sport. However, this school played every, anything other than football. I was looked at as a, looked at as a bit of a, a wrongen. Um, or a chav, let's say, for liking football. So their sport was rugby, cricket, and hockey. Yeah. Um, and I just totally blagged my way through that. Um, people were wondering how I got a scholarship to a school that you know played all these sports I couldn't play. Um, and I lasted about three years until I got expelled from that school. And then I went into a really fucking tough, tough school, uh, state school, from a boarding school. And where was that? That was in Cheltenham. Okay. That was in Cheltenham. Um and that, so I had, I, I'd mixed it with everyone. I'd mixed it with, you know, kids whose families were multi-millionaires right the way through to state schools where, you know, th- there was uh, kids whose parents were crackheads, you know. So like, that's what I think has helped shape me yeah. in being able to talk to all kinds of yeah. people. And ne- I never judge anyone, ev- never. Um, so, yeah, that, that, that was me. Then I ended up moving in with my dad because uh, my mum was um, like severely press or like they tried killing herself and I moved in with my dad lived in Cambridge had a nice you know upbringing uh, for my last couple of years of school and then got into work nice. you was in sales in your like you say in your mid-20s so how did the introduction into the art world come was it a commodity you were selling or was you a lover of art definitely not not ashamed to say I wasn't a lover of art. Didn't know art. So there was no home art in the home. There was there was there was yeah. I I bought art. Um, no like household names. I I appreciate nice things. You know I like I like going. I like nice food. I like nice wine. Nice clothes. You know and I do appreciate you know nice art. But I was involved in the luxury watch business. So at the time I was just about to set up a shop. Um, and there was all these robberies going on in London at the time. I know it's rife again now, but it's all when the moped. and then I ended up getting a quote for insurance and to put in these double doors and I just thought this is a real ball ache and (laughs) everyone was an art uh, art, sorry everyone was a watch dealer at the time so where I had an actual premises I had costs you know where some people could sell watches online at their bedroom and make little to no markup so I could just see it getting tougher and tougher and one of my mates um, Harry who's a watch dealer he said to me you know you need to start looking into art um, I know an artist, and he explained to me how it all worked. Met this artist, a guy called Finstone. So I hit off with him. Um, I could see he, how incredibly talented he was. Uh, amazing studio, invited me into his house, and I could. I just thought, hang on, this is more me. I'm not just selling a watch to someone, and that's that. I'm actually meeting the person that's made the piece. They They need someone to represent them or sell for them. And I've never been a contract guy. So I've never been someone that goes, right, we need a contract. We've got to do that. I, I like to prove myself first. So I said, look, um, you know, give, 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 give me the artwork uh, and I'll, I'll get to work and I'll, I'll start selling it. So we, we, I hired a team, sales team. That's, that's my background. 
and from a little serviced office from October 2019, by the January we'd we'd had a new we'd had, we'd made enough in art sales to you know get a gallery. Got the gallery, 2020 Feb 2020. We oh, all well, know that, what happened. That recent. Yeah. Okay. So, what was the, what did you call the gallery? So Grove Gallery, it's called. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, Grove Gallery. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know Grove. Oh, yeah. Orlando Broom. Yeah. 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 So I've been working with Orlando probably. She was on here. Oh, was while, she? While her show, you now her show where you walked through the Re- um, poppies yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, they were. Yeah. 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 When she, that was when really that well was curated. On. Yeah. So when that, that was on, she was on. That here. would have been maybe twenty twenty one, something yeah. along those lines. Is that when she came on with you? Yeah. When that exhibition was on. So. so it went from Finstone to, into uh, you know working with more artists. I ended up because I'm not from the art world and I don't have. That's probably a good thing for yeah, you, which is yeah. possibly what you was about to say before. Uh, uh, about no, it. no, not at all. Mate. Because I, then you aren't coming with any hierarchy no, of who's who. No preconceived thoughts. Perfect. Um, open door policy, music playing, not stuffy. That's everything I didn't want. But yeah. then I did find that the identity of Grove was going down the fine art route because I'd hired someone in who was fantastic at, at starting the company off, you know, with her background and her knowledge of art. It really sort of put us on the map and almost, I'm not ashamed to say, legitimise us. We, don't, we weren't chances. Yeah. It wasn't just James's chancer that's trying his arm uh, at art. Um, so she came in, but that, that love for art, you know, wasn't there because it, it felt like, like I said, it was going down the fine art route. And I wanted to start working with, you know, whether it's an artist from prison, um, someone with an interesting story, whether it's you know, a blind artist that I work with today. I wanted to work with artists where I knew I could make a difference. Um, so, yeah, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. But, yeah, I've been involved in the art world since October 2019. And, and sorry, I know where I was going there. Um, if some people will go, oh, God, not from the art world. Oh, absolutely not. Fuck them. I don't want to work with those people. They're not the they're, that's not my target audience. Whether they're an artist or an art collector, I want to work with people that are you know open minded that that aren't you know judgmental. Um, and yeah, like I say, a lot of people like the fact that I am fresh, don't come from that world. Um, but I work with people that are better than me, people that have those skills, and we complement one another, and, and that's it. You don't want to sell just a commodity. You mm. want to invest in the artist, absolutely. Sort of emotionally yeah. as well as financially, absolutely. Yeah. Um, obviously, we we work with really strong PR and art PR, and we give you know give these you know, give artists that platform and the voice and you know opportunities to to collaborate. But I can honestly tell you now that with the investment, not just financial investment, but the time. I mean, I, I've got no shame in telling you that. Uh, around June or July, we, when we first started, bearing in mind the doors were closed, we'd been trading enough, but we got a grant from the government of, of the bounce back side of things. And that's what we were using. I was, I wasn't, I haven't come from money, haven't come from this big, you know, trust fund or anything along those lines. We, I've had to make every pound and penny piece count. Now, naturally, we need to sell art in order to keep the lights on. Yeah. But it's 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 definitely not a churn and burn. We've got a small number of artists that we work with because and everyone always says keep it lean. And we do. We keep a nice lean roster of artists so that we can give them the, the attention that they need and that they deserve. Um, and, and, and yeah, we just concentrate on making them a success story rather than like you say, you know, having hundreds of artists on the on the list and sell, sell, so sell, buy, buy, buy. 
in 2019 when you started Grove yes. Galleries, is there more than one with the S? No, so we were Grove Square Galleries and we did a rebrand because it was just too long. So we did we went to just down to Grove Gallery. But um, we've got, we set up a business in New York uh, okay, Grove, that's, that's and Australia. Got yeah, yeah. Um, so did you move away from them to start Qantas? No. Oh, no. so that still uh, Still runs. Okay. Yeah, so it still runs um, to this day. Oh, sorry. Go on. As far as I'm aware, and I know little about it, this was NFT based? Yeah, initially? so Qantas was originally NFT. So um, when Qantas got started, it was a case. I, I The appeal to me, launching Qantas, was it, it wouldn't be a conflict of interest with Grove. It wouldn't just be another Grove. Yeah. Otherwise, I might as well just build another Grove. Uh, sorry, uh, build Grove up. So I was with a couple of partners at the time, and one of them had been making money from NFTs. And they'd been talking to me about, banging on about NFTs for ages. And it just went over my head. And then one day he started talking to me about how he had done really well from buying virtual racehorses. And I was like, this is utter nonsense. <laughs> yeah. um, and when he showed me the numbers, I was like, I've got to take this seriously. You know, th- this this is a thing. So, um, yeah, we, we, we said, Look, let's, let's go for it. Let's launch an NFT gallery. So we had loads of, I don't know if you've seen any of the first images when we launched, but it was just screens in the whole space that we're in now. Um, big, big, big energy bills, um, keeping those things powered on. But it, it, we were PR'd as the first NFT gallery in Europe um, that had an advisory division. So we had a team of people talking um, novices through what NFTs are. I was always sceptical. NFTs. So one caveat that I, I, I said to the, the other guys was anything we sell has to have a physical piece attached to it. So we, we sell them as NFTs, but really it's physical art you know, with, with a digital piece as well. And thankfully we did that because you know we all know what's happened to NFTs since. Um, we just couldn't make, we couldn't make the NFTs work. I'd say we we're probably a few years too soon. So I just went back to what I knew, um, brought the two partners out of the business, Good on um, did that, and just went back to what I knew and what I liked, and a, a bit of a rebirth going with Qantas and, and signing the artists that I like, um, signing the artists that, you know, I don't know, have, have these stories. So yeah, um, that's how the two companies operate today, you know, Qantas specialises, more, it's more of a streety vibe here where we are um, and the artists that we work with you know, whether it's street artists graffiti or artists that have that story and Grove just still still runs successfully um, as it is yeah. you recently had Majesty which included Christian Fur mm-hmm. and Rob Mundy who have both been on here okay. did you put it together Rob and Christian invited me I had something else going on yeah. in so another part of London <laughs> yeah. in another part of London yeah. on the same evening I think okay. it was a board meeting with one of the charities Okay, but um, I did come down here and the grills were down right. so was I, this on a Saturday? I, no I think it was a weekday right. so I carried on walking and then we specific me and my mate Lee specifically came here mm-hmm. um, and as we was walking down the end of Fashion Street we see a guy Barrowing out the uh, one of the sculptures, so we'd <laughs> obviously come on. Too late. Yeah. What was the queen just being wheeled yeah, out? Yeah. 
So yeah, she was getting wheeled out. So we never got to see it, but I've seen it, yeah. seen it online. No, that that was some show. We turned that around in literally a week and a half. It went from just you know, obviously we did, we had a very um, finite amount of time to be able to, to put on an exhibition after the Queen passed away, um, and what what the team produced off the back of that in such a short space of time with, like you say, Rob and Ziggity and Christian was was remarkable. And that, that's that's the other thing is. We're not just because we, we were working with the Queen's Royal Sculptures, you know, Francis. Have you had Francis Egan? She's got an amazing story herself, hasn't she? Story. Unbelievable story. And that's, that's, you see, why I got out of something like watches, where it's selling Rolex watches and that's that. Yeah, you make money, but there's stories now. There's a heartbeat, there's an energy. I, you know, my, my friendship group now is just immense. I think. Any song is a song until it's got a bit of meaning. Mm. When it means something mm. to you, then it's with you forever. Absolutely. And then it's the same that I've found with artwork. When I tell my pals, bearing in mind, I, I, you know, a lot of my mates are from a different world. When I tell my mates that I've walked into a gallery, stood in front of an artwork and started crying, they think I'm bippy. <laughs> but it's got so yeah. much meaning. Yeah. There's so much oozing yeah. off of that artwork to yeah. me, you know. Um, and as soon as you put any meaning with something it's, there's a bond it's yeah. there it's there for good and that's the thing we all, it's cliche but it is subjective you know what might get you doesn't get someone yeah. else someone else is dismissive over it um, and yeah that, that's art in itself well a story I like to give there's an artist called Ray Richardson but he was the one who m- made me realise I can be an artist because he speaks like me mm-hmm. and that's when I saw long before I wrote to the YBAs I wrote to Ray Richardson I heard him on telly he was a cockney bloke I was like, I can be an artist. I don't have to be a sign writer or a tattooist. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but that's what everyone was saying I could use this degree for. So did he come back to you? Did you say you wrote to him? And Yeah, he was was the second artist to write to me ever. And I'd I'd written to three artists before that initial lot. Which piece of artwork has got the strongest emotional connection to you? I mean, we were just talking about that emotional connection. Mm. Where, where I see the art all the time, and different art, like one minute, like with Ed, for example, opaque. I'm like, wow. I buy into the person more than I do the art, to be honest. So I can appreciate the art, but I, without it sounding bad, because like, I don't want to think that, that to me it's just a money making thing and, and, and commodity, but. There's very few that I could say would get me the way that you you got, but I still understand how you can get caught up in it and, and emotionally. One one that I've, I've got in my house is a Miss Bugs, mm. and probably not the answer you were expecting, but it's the uh, the ice creams. You've seen the yeah, ice creams. Yeah, I've done one with him when he was down jealous. Yeah, so it's the, so I've got it in my house, the cabinet where it's got all the ice creams like you know uh, stacked stacked on shelves I've got two young children so um, I thought it'd be cool for them to, you know, to see but my missus isn't my missus is from Camden uh, oh good and we're not we would, we're not necessarily the most cultured in around the art world but she she liked it so, so straight away it's video, she visually liked it but then I got given the story it was actually at Jealous um, at the art fair last year maybe and I spoke to one of the team there and they told me the meaning behind it so you've got to explain stuff to me you know, so I need people need to explain something, and then I get it. So I haven't necessarily got the eye to go boom, and that's what it is. 
Um, and when, when one of the consultants explained to me the meaning behind the ice creams uh, and what it represented, I, I bought it. You know, so it's no I, longer an ice cream, it's a story. Exactly, it's a story. So, so hope, and I've got around the houses a little bit, but that's, that's how I connect to art. Time. That's what I do when I introduce myself as an ex-prisoner. Yeah. That already might put thoughts and feelings into a person's a mind. Bit of stigma, yeah. Think, yeah. And I've learned to put that in first, mm. and then well, build the myself. Ele- out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then build myself up yeah. out of their ashes yeah. because yeah. when people realise that, like you know, the artists I've collaborated with, then all of a sudden I, I become a little. Don't you just so, find that, that everyone is? You know, people say they're not judgmental, but everyone. You've got to be, you've got to have that first impression. But you, what you've got to have, it, and this is just my opinion, is you've got to have the open mindedness to realise that your first, our first impression isn't always correct. It's just a first impression. That's why when you speak to that homeless man sitting outside Tesco's, if you give him five minutes and listen to his story, man, it, it changes Absolutely. the world. It changes the world. Sorry. No, no, don't apologise. Um, we've got similar views and similar beliefs um, and it's actually quite refreshing for me as well to be you know, speaking to you and meeting you today for the first time because I've been like you as well where yes I'm not from the art world I've got you know varied background blah 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 um, and it's nice to know that it's, there's more of us that yeah, are here yeah. you know because a lot of people you know that maybe are aspiring artists that haven't gone to art school whatever their story is hopefully that sort of demystifies it a bit and, and like you say if you can get one person to become an artist or one person to you know, inspire yeah. I think that's 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 the rewarding side yeah. well what I've found is where I go into prisons a lot obviously a lot of prisoners a vast majority are from working class backgrounds working class people tend to give themselves from the ceiling they think they can't aspire beyond yeah. their vision if yeah. you like there's more beyond yeah. that and I just always like to go, look, I'm a fucking artist. Yeah. You know, I've worked with these artists, that artist. I do art for a living. It's It just shows that how everyone knows that a good person can go bad. But you've got to really earn it to say that you've gone from bad to good. Oh, you've got to prove to people. Yeah. There's no difference yeah. between me and that yeah. young kid outside Brixton Station who's being forced yeah. to sell that gear. Yeah, yeah. There's no difference between me but and you, him. You, people have to find that out themselves and learn the hard way, I think. Because you can also, I've been around people where um, my first ever watch deal, I got, I got robbed, I got set up by a, a lad that I'd taken in, shown the ropes, and he was the person who set us up. So what, what I point here is you can get hurt. Yes, I believe in charity, but sometimes you can want it more than they want. Yeah. And and, and, and that's a danger as well. Uh, talking forgetfulness, I was going to say something to you. Um, it comes to me. So what was we talking about? What was that question? Yeah, no, it's gone. Sorry. That's because I interrupt and right. go on tangents. If there was five artists, past and present, that you could show in Qantas Gallery, who would you like to show as a group show? Oh, what a blinding question. What a blinding question. Okay, so varies. An artist that I have been working with um, by the name of Stoney. Stoney, I know Stoney. He's, he's past, hasn't he? He's past. So, him... So he could see, you know, what we've done, and actually see, see his name, you know, up, up in up in lights. Uh, we've got huge plans with him, and yeah, there's, a, there's I've got a real deep emotional connection with Stony. Um, I'd have to say Banksy. I'd have to say Banksy, just because of 
who he is in the story. Um, and because I've said Stoney and his inspirations, I'd have to uh, throw in Bastiat. My, my list would be Banksy, Stoney, Basquiat, Hurst, and Warhol. Perfect. The, I'll tell you the guests that you, you have to see to get on, but I, I work closely with a guy called Alex Watts. I don't know if you know that name, he's Eddie Bell's um, He's an art lawyer. Uh, really interesting nice. guy. Really, really interesting guy. And he represents a lot of the names that I've, you know, you've written down and we've been talking about today. Um, he's actually, you know, the guy was talking about with the Harlem Minister. And if you wasn't in the art world, what would you like to be? Uh, I've actually I've been every. <laughs> if I wasn't in the art world, I would be a postman. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. I, I, I would be a postman and I would pick my kids up from school and I would say, I've tried every business and they all fucked up, uh, but at least I tried, but I'm going to be a, a stat and dad postman. And where can people find Qantas Gallery, be it website or social media? Yeah, so it's uh, website, QantasGallery.com, social media, Qantas Gallery, uh, official. And then obviously find us, Open Door, all the time, six days a week. Perfect. Down Fashion Street. Thank you very much for your time, James. My pleasure. Thank you. If you've got an exhibition or any other creative project within the arts, or even just want to promote your own artwork, you could do that in podcast form similar to the one you've just listened to. They start at a convenient price point that is comfortable for any artist working on a budget. This podcast itself is created by working artists and we know how important that is. So to find out more information, you can email us on ministryofartsorg at gmail.com or on Instagram at Ministry of Arts Org. Ta-da! When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
Hi, I'm Ando. And I'm Fer. And we host Niñas Bien Podcast. We want to invite you to listen to our show. Niñas Bien means good girls in Spanish. But you have to know that this is not a podcast for good girls. Or for girls at all. It is a comedy podcast. So everyone is welcome to listen. We talk about sex, relationships, technology. We recommend movies and TV shows and discuss pop culture in general. And there is Chisme Ajeno too. A section we have just to gossip about everyone. So you'll find something you like here. And you'll practice your Spanish. The cleanest Spanish you'll find, we promise. And if you already hablas español, vamos a hacer tus nuevas amigas. amigas. We'll be your friends for the non-Spanish speakers. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Hosted by Acast and available to all audio platforms. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.